It's also up to the community of folks who doesn't struggle to put down those walls of judgment, to create that compassion so that you are a place that the person who is struggling can go without fear of reprisal. As nearly 20 million Americans struggle right now with substance use disorder, a very important episode of the Tommy and Kelly Show podcast about act on addiction from our partners at Anova Health. We have some special guests joining us today. I am Robin Schultz, the Senior Director of Adult Ambulatory Behavioral Health at Anova Health System. New research from Act on Addiction says that nearly half of Northern Virginia adults would be afraid to seek care for addiction. Anova Health is working to break stigmas and save lives. I am Ellen Yako, and I am a therapist at the Anova Health CATS program, and I am a um, board-certified dance movement therapist and a licensed counselor, and I'm so glad to be here today. Are there any tips and tricks that you maybe go to in your toolbox? Like for instance, there's sometimes like in a business setting, if you want to start a conversation, you like ask a question that you know will get an answer and then you have a follow-up. Is there a way to lead people down a path? I think it's really important to start to remember that the person, your loved one, is your loved one and they are struggling with a substance use disorder. To seek and accept treatment is not for the faint of heart. It takes tremendous effort and commitment to yourself and to regain your health. Are you hearing from loved ones first that are encouraging, you know, substance users to come forward? Is it more that you're hearing the substance users are coming forward? They have the support of their loved ones. Like, is there a sort of trend, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic that you're seeing? People who are struggling with addiction, the loved ones uh, might be seeing certain symptoms and um, not knowing how to approach their loved one. And so um, I asked um, a group of patients, like, what are they looking for? How can their loved ones support them? Or what are some symptoms that they might be experiencing? And the group members said that, you know, um, if my loved one sees me um, disengaging, difficulty focusing, change in physical appearance, depression, kind of seeking in an anxiety, uh, making excuses, not to do things, if I'm isolating, um, if self-care is neglected, and if I stop attending meetings, if I was going to AA meetings or other meetings, that's a cue. Um, nutrition is neglected, um, responsibilities, are ne responsibilities are neglected, and such as family and work, um, patterns of dishonesty kind of creep in, addiction feeds on these, substance use feeds on these, so it's very difficult for um, someone to break these patterns. So for the loved one to realize that. A family member, I think it's very important that a family member realizes that, um, <clears throat> that symptoms that the person is really struggling and that they can be aware of that to help them and to say, what can we do to support you? If someone's asking these questions, that's a tremendous step. Is there always or ever an intervention in real life. I was just watching the first ladies show on Showtime and they did the Betty Ford intervention and Michelle Pfeiffer screaming and throwing things. But is that something that we see in real life when everyone gets together and sort of kind of traps the person and then tells them they love them? <laughs> surprise. It's like the worst surprise party ever, I imagine. <laughs> well, 
I think it'd be the worst surprise party ever. I think it would be terrible. <laughs> you don't want to corner someone. That's not what we want to do. You don't want to corner someone to make them feel trapped. My patients, we discuss this in group. And what they say that they don't want to feel trapped. They want to feel that their support acknowledges them, is open and honest, is non-judgmental. Because you're cornering someone, that judgment is going to be like right there, right? Is the intervention a tool that you use or is that something that like Hollywood has told us is how people deal with substance abuse? Um, yeah, I think Hollywood sort of overproduces, you know, the dramatic effect of an intervention. I agree with Ellen that, you know, you don't want people to feel cornered, but so much of the problem with people who are struggling is that they feel stigmatized. And so, you know, they fear and really at its core, that means that they're worried about judgment or bad effect from employers, family, friends, you know, things like that. And so, you know, if it's right for the context and it's done in a loving and compassionate way, it really can, you know, that sort of, you know, intervention really can serve as, you know, a little bit of a wake up call. You know, sometimes people think that they're, um, you know, the dishonesty that, you know, has crept in is a little more effective than, than maybe it really is. And so there are times that, you know, there, a little bit of confrontation can help, um, you know, someone to, to see those, those areas that maybe aren't really congruent. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's mixed as long as it's done with, you know, in a loving, compassionate kind of, um, you know, setting. And, and again, like Ellen said, you know, with your loved one's best interest at heart. As a mother of teenager, like all my everything is on alert right now, especially you talked about some of the symptoms or the signs of substance abuse. And if you have teenagers, like some of those can cross over to just like regular behavior. You know, Kelly, what you talk about with, uh, with teenagers, I think it's a really important topic. I think it's confusing. Um, as a parent, you see, you know, you, you think of your own, you know, adolescent phase, you look at what's going on now, you know, you've got social media in the mix, you know, they're trying to figure out who they are and what that looks like. There's confusion, there's missed appointments, there's, you know, all of, you know, a lot of the symptoms that Ellen talked about. I think for me, having been in the field, I think one of the most important things is that when you look at the research and when you look at, you know, the kids that really, um, you know, fall, fall into, you know, bad patterns, you know, substance related disorder is, is different than substance use disorder. So, you know, not everyone who is using substances falls into patterns of true, you know, true addiction. Um, but, you know, you, you really, you know, the research sort of points us in the direction you, you shouldn't be the parent that's sort of saying, you, you know, you can, you can have substances as long as you're at my house or as long as you're not driving or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I know those lines feel really blurry, but the very best thing you can do is to be that, you know, that mature brain um, that your, your teenager doesn't really quite have yet. So I know that may be not the most popular thing to say at all times, but when you look at the kids who struggle long-term and those who may go through some different blips or speed bumps, that's really one of the differences is how the parents approached it. Yeah. And I was talking to a colleague about that and um, talking about how to begin a conversation to say, like, how can I um, help you? How can I gain a clear understanding? And putting it out there gives that person that, hey, maybe I can talk to my loved ones who's ever asked me the question about what's going on. When you're having these discussions to make sure that you're um, staying in the present and not diving into past behaviors associated with your substance use, 
because you want to be moving forward. And I think just a compassionate approach conveys hope. You know, as a culture, sometimes we think, well, once somebody has, you know, once someone is addicted, you know, there's no coming back from that. You know, that's just, you know, that goes all roads lead to the ditch or whatever it is. But what we do all day, every day at ANOVA is take people in at various levels, you know, of, of struggle and, you know, help them to understand a how to help themselves and how and b how we can help them so many amazing programs in the northern virginia area it's amazing it's such a resource resource rich area um, but you know there really is hope and we're doing some incredible stuff to try to bring you know our our programs really into the world-class realm there is hope there is healing you know this is a disease and and you can get better feels like an invitation to a different life that you're seeing the vast majority can make it out on the other side? Do you see a lot of relapse? What it would be common if somebody's going through this or thinking about getting clean or family members who are trying to find uh, help and hope for their loved ones? Success is measured one day at a time. And we do see people um, regaining their health to live a happy life. It's like any disease, it's gonna be ebbs and flows and people are gonna to have to be committed to working their program and to stay healthy. Most of us have some degree of experience with, you know, the part of our brain that can become addicted, whether that's cigarettes or food um, or, you know, other process addictions, you know, gambling or, or, you know, things that otherwise are sort of damaging to our function if they get to that level. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, relapse is part of recovery. And for some people that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, other people really do say, you know, a day at a time and you may string together a whole bunch of days and, and, you know, especially in early recovery, early days, you need accountability, you need love, you need compassion. You know, it's turns out a week, a month, you know, and eventually, you know, perhaps it's, it's more like a year at a time, but, you know, as Ellen said, it's, it's very difficult, you know, for the, for the person in that boat and, and whatever you can do as a family member to be a non-judgmental, you know, safe space for them to come to and, and talk with about what's going on with them. Less isolation, more social connection actually positively impacts someone's ability to stay clean, to stay sober. And that is what the data bears out. You know, it, it, so the survey that we we put out really to Northern Virginians, um, we asked you know a whole bunch of questions. You know, about thirty percent of the folks surveyed are suffering or know someone who's suffering from something substance use related. Um, you know, a little less than half of those people say that they would be afraid to seek care. Um, you know, people are concerned about, you know, that fear of how will my loved one or my employer or my friend, you know, react. Mm-hmm. The encouraging part is people do feel like they know what to look for. Um, you know, I know Ellen kind of detailed the different, you know, signs and symptoms to look for, but, you know, you're just really looking for behavioral changes, things that don't make sense, changes in physical appearance, difficulty focusing. And, you know, people people know that. Um, and, and so they do know what to look for in their loved ones. I was just uh, having a conversation with a friend who um, is in recovery and she's been in recovery for a long time. She said that, you know, for a while she was kind of embarrassed by sharing it. Um, and she went through some life changes and now she, she's very open about it on social media. And she says, you know, what's been the biggest blessing is opened up this amazing community of people that are also in recovery. This is a beautiful moment that she was sharing 
Um, you know, and a lot of it came out of the pandemic where she was really lonely and kind of like started talking mm -hmm. about her story. And now she's got this great community that's, you know, helping her, you know, on a daily basis on many levels. And that's it, is being able to step into that community. And that takes courage because people will just sit in the car and not get into the meeting or they won't get onto the, meet, the Zoom meeting because it takes a lot of, because anxiety might be a part of their background. But it's like making that commitment and taking that step to get into that community because it's about connecting and getting the support and not feeling like you're alone. It's on us to say, I'm here, are you okay? You know, I had um, in February, I lost a brother to this disease. It's, it's just absolutely incredible. You know, Tommy, you asked, you know, do people get better? You know, yeah, I mean, my brother had lots of days that he strung together where it was hard, but his life was good. Lots of months where that happened. And those are the memories. Those are the things that we truly cherish. And so, you know, whether wherever your journey, you know, takes you, um, making the effort is absolutely worth it. Whether whether you're a person who's struggling or whether you're, you know, in the orbit of someone who's struggling. Robin, I'm sorry for your loss and, and thank you for your work. Uh, it's actonaddictionnow.org is the website. I know that this is not just a September, October thing and you and Anova and the crew are working all year round. As we wrap up, do you, Robin, and then you, Ellen, do you have any final thoughts to leave us with as people look beyond this month when the spotlights are bright on addiction? You know, I, I would just say, you know, be the person that you would need. You know, if you are, you know, if you're struggling, be that person, be that light. Ellen, how about you? As you're doing this work every day, when there's there's the month and everyone's focused, but the other 11, what, what do you look toward? I'm always focused. I mean, this has like been part of my life, so I'm very focused on helping people see the light every day, no matter what time of the year, no matter what month, but to be able to see the light and not have the addiction darken your life so they can't see it. To help people see that there is light to embrace. Ellen Yako and Robin Schultz, thank you so much for joining us from Act on Addiction Now and from Innova Health. Thank you. Thank you so much. ActOnAddictionNow.org is always available as a resource to connect you with an incredibly strong support community all over Northern Virginia. You know, there's a whole lot of um, you know, resources in the area, but there's also just a really caring, compassionate community um, that, that you can connect in with. And, and those social connections are really a vital part of healing. I'm Tommy McFly. Thanks for listening to the Tommy and Kelly Show podcast. If there's someone in your life who could use this information, please share it with them. And thanks to our partners at Anova Health and Act on Addiction.